that for a little while. Let's give him praise all across this building. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody celebrate in the presence of the Lord in Jesus' name. Let's give him great praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise all across this building. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. How many enjoys praising the Lord? Hallelujah. The Bible says how good it is. It's good and it's pleasant. It's beautiful. Amen. When the praises of God go up, the blessings come down. So thankful to be in a praising and worshiping church. Hallelujah. How about you? Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, the book of Matthew chapter 7. Praise God. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 24. Also want to mention for our Easter service that's coming up, uh, we got a lot of great stuff planned. It's going to be an incredible move of the Holy Ghost. We've got some flyers in the back as well that we want you to take and hand out to everybody that you can find. And then we'll also be doing an outreach, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. That way we get them right on that weekend so they can't forget about it. And so we're going to go out and just invite people to come. So it's going to be a great time. And, and we're believing that God's going to do incredible things. And we're going to pray. And uh, if you could pick a day and just kind of between now and then, if you pick, pick a day where you could fast and pray just to seek God and ask him to move in that circumstance to draw people in. And I love what Brother Diaz said, you know. It's not always inviting new people. Sometimes we just find those are just kind of slip through the cracks or through the, through the net. And we want to reach back out to them. And, and uh, this church has affected and really helped so many people through the years. Thousands of people have come through these doors through the years. And uh, let's reach out to those that we know uh, still live in the area. And let's try to find them and bring them to the house. Lord, he said this, that my house may be filled. Amen. And so we're going we're gonna to do that as a church, and we're going to, you know, somebody put it best. They say that God's, God's church does not have a mission. God's mission has a church. And so we got to keep ourselves mission-focused. Amen. Book of Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24, we are finalizing this portion We've been teaching on this for a while, the Sermon on the Mount. This is the final, amen, portion of the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, I want to do it as best of justice as I can. Matthew 7, 24. Jesus speaks and says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. Everybody say, do it. you got to do it. I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not. I want that to be my life. Why didn't it fall? Because it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and does not do them, or doeth it not, they shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. 
Anybody ever built sandcastles? I was just in Miami, and I thought about it, but I'm a little too old for that. You know, some people live life like that. They live in a sandcastle. Looks real nice until the tide starts to change, and it starts piece by piece, grain of sand by grain of sand, and starts pulling it away. It doesn't matter what you built. So anybody that does this, that doesn't do what I say, doesn't follow what I'm saying, they're a foolish man which built his house upon the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew. Notice it's the exact same circumstance. I mean, it doesn't always flood. Sometimes it just rains. Sometimes it's windy. But this storm is a combination of all three. Both homes go through it. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. Notice what the scripture says, and great was the fall of it. I don't want it on the tombstone of my life for the scripture to read, great was the fall. Amen. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one as having authority and not as the scribes. And I want to preach to us Holy Habits Part 15, Foundational Living. Foundational Living. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this building and ask that God would help us. Hallelujah, Lord, we love you. We thank you tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for everything that you have spoken, every word that you've given. I know, Lord, that every saying, every word that has been spoken, amen, through this Sermon on the Mount, everything that we've taught, God, I, I believe it's, amen, contributing to people becoming more stable and foundational. And, God, I'm praying that you would help us, Lord, to continue to hear and to obey, to hear and to do, to hear and to apply your word to our lives so that we can have, amen, a great house that does not fall in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated for a few moments here tonight. Amen. Foundational living. This is the final portion of the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Somebody once said, if you as a Christian or if we as Christians can live Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, we will be perfect Christians. Amen. We can quote them, but living them is another story. And so this is the culmination of his entire sermon. This is the preacher's altar call. This is the main point that he's making throughout the entire chapter of chapter 7. Really, this is where he's driving home. The entire Sermon on the Mount. We can go all the way back uh, where we talk about uh, the, the, his, him talking about prayer and fasting and all of these different things. And you can go back and listen to all of those. And you'll find that inside of all of this, he is bringing it all the way down. And through this chapter especially, he is summarizing that there really are only two ways to choose from. Matthew 7 and 13, he talks about two gates, the straight gate and the wide gate talks about the two ways, the narrow way and the broad way. The two classes, there are the sheep and the wolves. The two destinations, life and destruction. The two trees, the good tree and the corrupt tree. The two fruits, the good fruit and the evil fruit. And in this parable and in this time, 
that Jesus is teaching about these foundations, he finds two types and two things in each of these as well. There are two houses, the life, the house of life and the house that produces death. There are two foundations, the rock foundation and the sand foundation. There are two builders, one who built in a deep way and the other one who built in a shallow way. And there are two results. One remains standing through it all, and the other one had a great fall. The wise person who hears the words and acts upon them, the foolish person who hears the words and does not act upon them. Ultimately, all of Jesus' sermon comes down to this. If you and I want to be wise, we must hear and obey his words. We must hear and act upon his word. We must enable his word and, and, and act it in our lives where it is no longer just something that is head knowledge, but it gets to become an action in our lives. Amen. The wise person is like, the Bible says, a man who builds his house upon a solid foundation of rock, while the foolish person is a person who builds his house on a foundation of sand. When the storms of life come, such as rain, floods, and winds, the house that's built upon the rock stands firm and does not fall. But the house that's built upon a sand is unable to withstand the storm of life, and it collapses. The wise and the foolish man were both engaged in precisely the same task. They seemingly achieved the same design. Both of them undertook the task to build houses. Both of them persevered in the building of those houses. Both of them finished their houses. These were not unfinished products. Amen. The likeness between these two are uncanny. But we find a difference between the two. One dug down deep and got to the rock. He got down beyond just the sediment. He got all the way down to where he hit the he hit beyond just the crust of the earth. Uh, but he got down to the rock foundation and he built his life and he put his foundation upon that rock. This word rock, we often take it as what Jesus said. Upon this rock, I will build my church. That's true. Amen. That rock being Jesus Christ. He is our foundation. But this word rock means more than just that. This, this article is used to denote not an individual rock, but a rocky or a, a category of a rocky foundation. Amen. In other words, it is a compilation of rocks that it's not just one rock. It's these one. It's many rocks built upon these rocks. So Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. He is the foundation of the church. The church was not laid upon any other foundation than that of Jesus Christ. But upon that one rock, there are teachings upon that rock. There is more. Some people say, well, is this a heaven or hell issue? Everything's a heaven or hell issue. Everything. Everything. Everything because it comes down to whether or not it's a rocky foundation or not. Amen. Jesus being the ultimate foundation and then each of these teachings that he's talking about in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And all of the teachings through the rest of the Bible. All of those are the rocky foundation. In Jesus' illustration of the two builders, each house is looked at the looked around. It looks approximately the same from the outside. Notice how the Bible is not say this house had this peaked roof. 
Amen. And this this one had this nice. I'm not a construction guy, so I don't know all the names and stuff. But uh, this had this kind of windows. Amen. This had vaulted ceilings, but this one didn't. This one was a rancher. This one wasn't. Uh, it doesn't talk about the styles, which lets us know these men probably had the same blueprint. They had the same house. This was a track home. Amen. Some of y'all live in a track home. That means that they went into a community with the, with three different types of homes, and you got to pick one, and you thought it's a custom home because you got to pick the colors of the home. No, it's the same home, just turned around a little different. So, so this was a track home. These guys built the exact same thing. They got the same blueprint. They built it. In fact, if you were driving through the neighborhood, the Bible wants us to understand that it didn't look like there was anything different. That's what Jesus is teaching. He's trying to let us know that you would not know the difference between the two houses. You could not tell. You'd go down the neighborhood and think that the Jones family's got the same as the Johnson family. Praise God for the Johnson family. Amen. We, amen. we got some Johnsons in the house of the Lord. But you'd think that everybody has it the same, but it's not the same. Because time and the storms of life will prove the strength of one's foundation. Even when it is hidden, amen, because that's what the foundation is. It's the part of your house you don't really see. We may be surprised when we see who is truly built upon a good foundation and who hasn't. You know, there's going to be a separation, the Bible says, of sheep and of goats, wheat and tares. In fact, that separation is not too far away. I would love to say everybody in the church is, is 100% sheep. Man, they're 100% uh, wheat. Amen. I think there's great people, but we'd be shocked by the people that are actually going to be considered good and those are going to be considered tares. Amen. Wheat and those are going to be considered tares. Sheep and goats. Amen. And we could talk about all of those and define them out, what makes them different. And But it really comes down to this. What's your foundation? And nobody can figure out your foundation but you. In fact, there are no building inspectors in the kingdom. Amen. I can, I, there's some folks that they, they can only operate with a pastor that comes by and micromanages their life. They, there's some folks, the moment I eased up on them, they lost it all. Let me know where their foundation really was. Because I'm not a dictator and I'm, I'm not a micromanager. I'm not going to come by and check, well, what did you do at 5 o'clock? What did you do at 6 o'clock? What did you do at 7 o'clock? You got a boss for that, praise God. Uh, you, you, you got a spouse for that, praise God, amen. And so you don't need a pastor to be like that. You need a pastor to preach you the word. But it is your responsibility and it is my responsibility to make sure that foundation is right. And it comes down to each builder, because everybody in this building is a builder. Everybody's in the construction business in the kingdom. And, and there's some folks that say, well, I want a contractor to come in and build my life. Pastor, can't you just come in and tell me exactly what i got to do every step of the way and every day? No. Amen. I couldn't because that's what Moses did in the Old Testament. God wanted to give him two tables of stone, and that was it. And Moses broke those, and then God said, fine, you go ahead and write if you think you can do a better job. And he wrote, amen, he wrote the 10. When he got done with the 10, he got 663 more laws. Amen. In fact, by the time of Jesus' days, the scribes and the Pharisees were still writing laws. Amen. It came down to, amen, how they washed their hands before they ate. In other words, they were micromanaging and dictating everybody's life, trying to find a perfect way to do it. And Jesus comes in with a parable, and he simply says, you got to lay, you got to put your life on a firm foundation, and if you dig down and you follow 
follow these teachings and you hear them, you obey them, and you act them, when you do that, you will have a life that does not fall. You will have a Christian existence that does not crumble. You don't need somebody to come in as a contractor and build your life. You can take these teachings and simply apply them in a day-by-day way, and it will help you to have a life that doesn't fall. Somebody give Jesus some praise. Amen. Because it is our responsibility, every individual, it's, it's not your spouse's responsibility. It's not the pastor's responsibility. Amen. Some people, they leave church, say, well, the church did this. The church did that. This brother did this, and this brother did that. They don't ever talk about what they did or did not do. Church is full of hypocrites. I'm like, man, well, join us because you're one too. Praise God. Amen. There's some folks, they leave the church, and, and, and they, they want to they cover up the fall. They want to cover up the fact that they didn't build a foundation. They want to, they want to say, well, it was, it was the contractor's fault. Well, somebody didn't do enough inspection in my life. And the inspector, he let that slide, so it's the inspector's fault. It's the usher in the back's fault because he didn't, he didn't stop me when he should have. Nope, 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 nope. It comes down to you, and it comes down to me. And this is where Christianity gets really difficult because people really love uh, when they are ruled over. This is what they had in the book of uh, book of First Kings and the book of Samuel. They said, give us a king that he may rule over us. And God's design was never to have a king rule over them. God wanted to raise up leaders that would lead them. See, when you get a king, the king, you serve the king. Amen. When you get a leader, they, they, help you, they help you follow God better. And God always wanted there to be leadership, not servitude. Amen. And so in the carnal nature of man, we want to be dominated over. We want to be ruled over. We want somebody, we want a drill sergeant. But in the kingdom expression, that's not the way God wants it to be. Amen. Because in our flesh, we want to be ruled over. But in our spirit, we need to be led. That's why David wrote, he leads me, he leads me, he leads me, he leads me. But there is an ebb and a flow to leadership. In order to be led, you have to be willing to follow. Amen. See, because there are people that they think God's, God's like uh, some cattlemen of the West that they drive the cattle and they whip the cattle and they beat the cattle. But the difference between the shepherd of Psalms 23, amen, and that is that the shepherd is leading and he's in the front and he's calling them. But it is the responsibility of the sheep to follow. And when Jesus is telling this, he is saying all of these words that I've spoken, I'm not going to come by every moment of your life and dictate them to you. It is your responsibility to dig down until you find this in your life, until you can apply this to your life. And when you do this, amen, you can follow my word as it leads you. You can be led by the word. Amen. And, and I think we've done, it, we've done a disservice because sometimes in church we seek for compliance. And I understand that. I understand that. You know, sometimes you can make the church grow faster by compliance. You just line up. Hurry up and do it. Amen. And I, I understand that there's time for that. There's time where, you know, the parent says, I'm the parent, you're the child, just do it. I understand that. But, but the ideal way in God's kingdom is to be spirit-led and to let God's word lead us. And we follow his word. We take his word at what it says, and we start personally enacting it. Man, this is what separates the sheep from the goats. It's not in that last great day when he comes and he does and the angel reaps and everything like that. But we can do it right now. We can come into our lives and say, what part of our life are we 
appropriately digging down and building a foundation? And which part of our life have we just built upon the sand? Amen. The real foundation of life is usually hidden and is only proven in a storm. And we could say that the storms come from both heaven and they come from earth. You see, there's rain and there's flood. It even comes from the in-between. There's wind. Amen. I want to tell you that there are trials in life that are going to come from heaven and earth. There's going to be battles that you and I are going to face that are going to be temporal, temporary. It's called bills. It's called the boss is rude. Hallelujah. Amen. There's going to be temporal. There's going to be vertical things where you have confrontation with people. That's 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 something from here on earth. But then there's going to be spiritual battles as well, where we are fighting not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of its rulers of darkness of this age. We're going to have floods that come from the earth and we're going to have rain that descends upon the earth. There will be storms that come upon every single life. Let me just say this hearing and doing creates a solid foundation. Well, pastor, how do I create a solid foundation? Hearing and doing. It, well, I, I've heard some people say this before. Well, Pastor, I've heard that before. All right, me too. But what have you done with it? You know, there's some folks, you could preach Acts 2.38, but it means nothing until they're baptized. I've heard that before. I've, I've heard about a prayer life. Well, you got one yet? I don't, I don't got one yet. Okay, well, then let's do something about it. Because this, this is where we can actually create that firm foundation. We start talking about being merciful. We can go all the way back through. You can listen to every sermon. You can go back and read this text, amen, where he says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. This is the altar call right now. He's saying this is where you enact it. And you say, all right, I want to have a firm foundation. So what's that foundation look like? It's upon a rocky foundation of mercy. Hallelujah. So I've got uh, to make sure that I don't just hear it, but I do something with it. Amen. Both hearing the teaching, amen, Uh, and doing the teaching. You find in this text there's two groups. They both heard the teaching, but only one responded and did something with the teaching. They both got the blueprint, but only one decided, I'm going to do something about the foundation. Your response to God's word determines your foundation. If you want to know what your foundation looks like, what has your response been to the word? I'm an altar call preacher. I'm all about the altar call. I believe people ought to go to the altar. I, I, don't, think, I don't think anybody should miss the altar. Amen? I think I'm a, I'm a preacher. I love preaching. Man, I, I, when I'm not preaching, I'm preaching with the preacher. I think when you're preaching, you ought to say amen. There ought to be something that you ought to respond to the word because you're saying yes and let it be so. I agree with that. Let that be so in my life. But beyond just the the response in the building, I'm a big believer in the response on Monday morning as well. I'm a big believer in what have you done with the word that you heard on Wednesday? What have you done with the word you heard on Sunday? What have you done with that great conference preaching you heard? I'm all about the response, but brothers and sisters, we've got to have a response. Amen. On Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, what's that response look like? It's me grabbing my shovel and digging down so I can get to the foundation. Oh, somebody give God some praise. Let's worship him. Oh, come on. Let's give Jesus some praise in this house. Amen. It was the same storm. I want to get this through to somebody. 
well, if I just didn't go through what I'm going through right now, if, if I just didn't have it as hard as I had it right now, my faith wouldn't be as shaky. I want to tell you, it's the same storm. It's a storm from heaven, and it's a storm from earth. Amen. It's, it's an all-around. We're going to fight earthly battles, and we're going to fight heavenly battles. And, and, and the storm is the same for everybody. doesn't mean you went through the exact same thing. Uh, but that storm, it's the same kind of storm. And that's what Jesus is trying to teach. It was the same storm, but there were different foundations. The whole emphasis is not on the storm. It's on the foundation. Because there's so many people, they get storm-centric. They get victimhood mentality where it's poor me and I've gone through this and I've gone through that. There's some folks, they can tell you all about their mountain. They can tell you all about their trial. They can tell you all about everything going wrong. They have, they have you know, there's some folks even in the south and some other places, they're called storm trackers. They get in their little Ford F-150 and they drive to the storm. Hey, man, they, they're crazy. There's some folks, they just, they're, they're like that in the church. They storm trackers, praise God. They want to know about what you're going through and what they're going through. They want to compare storms to find out if your storm's as bad as their storm. And if your storm's not as bad as their storm, they tell you to get over it and pray for them. Amen. Just hurry up and pray for me because I'm the one that really needs it. Somebody help me give me a pat on the back. Amen. It's, it's storm trackers. They go around and they're tracking these storms and they're trying to define the storm and make sure that they got the storm figured out. But it's not about the storm. It's about the foundation. What does that look like? I'm going through it. I acknowledge it. We've preached about that. We've talked about it. I acknowledge everything I'm going on, going on and, and everything in my life that's going wrong. However, I acknowledge also that right now I've got a shovel in my hand and my life is not, I lost my job. I lost my health. Well, good news. My foundation is not my life. My foundation is not my health. My foundation is not my job. My foundation... Because it's not about the storm. It's about the foundation. It's not about what I go through. It's about what I'm founded on. The storm does not define you. The storm reveals you. I'll say that for somebody in the back in the cheap seats. The storm does not define you. It reveals you. And if you want to know where you're at, you need to go through a good trial. There's some folks, they, man, I'm, I'm a Christian. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. You know, we have a joke back home. In, in, well, I'm, this is home. But we have a joke back in Spokane that when somebody, when somebody says, I'm here for the duration, you won't see him again. We had one guy come through. We called him Boxcar Wheelie. He stood up and said, I'm here for the duration. I've never seen that guy again in my life. Praise God. All it takes for some people is one storm. They're so good, man, when everybody's shouting with them. They're so good when the rain is just a nice drizzle and everything's nice and, oh, man, this is great. They're so good when things are good. But the storm reveals where they really are. Well, you know, they just didn't love God. That's not true. There's a lot of people that love God. They just didn't build on a, on a foundation. They loved God all right. They just didn't obey him. Hmm. There's some folks, they, need de they, they think they need deliverance, but they don't need deliverance. They need discipline. And discipline is going to get you out. <laughs> I feel the Holy Ghost up in here. Because the foundation is what matters. 
it is not the storm that matters. It is the foundation that matters. And God brings storms to reveal us. And, and listen, if you fall and if you, man, if you mess up, if you, that, tra- that temptation or that trial takes you down and you have the response, I never thought, well, brother, you needed a good storm in your life. And thank God that sometimes he brings little storms by first where it starts knocking, knock, not knocking the building down. Praise God. But he uses little storms to just let you know that you didn't you didn't do the roof right. Amen. He brings by a little bit of rain where you can realize I need to patch the roof because it's leaking. And he brings by a little flood where you realize I need to start working on this foundation better and maybe build it up a little higher because uh, the floods are coming in. And God allows little trials. That's why the Bible says don't despise the fiery trials which are to try you as though some strange thing has happened. But the trying of your faith being much more precious than gold or silver that perishes. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, that the trial, that storm, is a great revealer. And thank God for every little storm and every little trial. Because if it weren't for those things, we wouldn't realize whether or not we're on a firm foundation. Man, Pastor, I'm, I'm ready to die for the gospel. But I didn't see him at church on Sunday. Because it's too far. <laughs> the sun was too nice. Amen. Not yet. Praise God. Uh, man, I'm ready, for, I'm ready to go all the way for the gospel. But they won't teach a Bible study. And, man, they can't. Well, I'm ready to do anything for Jesus. But then you tell them they got to live right. Well, I don't know about that. Well, okay, I'm ready to do anything for Jesus. And then one trial comes by. And it shakes them to their core, and they collapse and fall over, and they lose their faith. It was it, what it really comes down to is you need you are getting a nice mirror into where you and I really are. That storm is revealing to us where our foundation really is. And that foundation is either built upon Jesus' teachings and the obedience to those teachings and the discipline to those teachings, or it's not. And if one trial is shaken my faith, I need to go back and find out where my faith has been founded upon. Some people, found, some people have founded their faith on the sand called outcome. Oh, I come to preach to somebody for a minute. They have founded their faith on the sand called outcome. And as long as they get the outcome they want, then they, they're going to keep their faith founded on that sand. And they're going to be super excited. But the moment that God doesn't come through with the outcome, amen, the entire house collapses. What are we seeing? It's that they had the wrong foundation. Amen. It wasn't that they didn't have faith. It's that they put their faith in the wrong things. They didn't dig down deep enough to know that God's not worried about the outcome. God's worried about the input. Amen. God's not worried. We have got to be people that dig down deep enough where our faith is not founded on outcomes. It's not founded, well, I thought it would be this, and I thought it would be that. It's not founded on that. That's shifting sand. It's founded upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. It's founded on the fact that his word said so. Oh, somebody give him some praise. Oh, come on, let's give him some praise for just a moment. Oh, let's give him praise. And let me give somebody some hope. Because I, I know this is kind of tough tonight. The storm does not determine the fate of the house. The foundation does. The storm does not determine the fate of your house. Your foundation does. And if we can get that, we'll understand this that it does not matter what storm comes. I don't have to worry about what storm comes. 
You know, if they had a, if they had a tornado out here, we'd be toast. If they had a tornado come out here, we'd just be done for. Because we're not built for tornadoes out here. But you go down there to Louisiana, brother. Praise God, Brother Dixon. Everybody got a, everybody got a storm shelter. Everybody's prepared. Amen. We're not really built for that out here. We didn't prepare for that. And so, so we'd have to worry about it. But those people that have already prepared and they built the foundation, they're not worried about that storm. And when you build your foundation right in, on, on Jesus Christ, you don't have to worry about the fate of your life. You don't have to worry about the storms that might or might not come because it doesn't matter what storm comes. I've already prepared for it. Hallelujah. I've already prepared for every storm that could come because I dug down deep enough that regardless of what happens or what doesn't happen, my foundation is in Jesus Christ and in his word. Let me give you some practicals. Pastor, what do you do when you lose everything? You come to church, you go to prayer meeting, you read your Bible, you win somebody to God, you teach a Bible study, you love people, you forgive those that have wronged you, you have mercy on everybody. That's a firm foundation. Well, Pastor, what do I do uh, when, when, when this person dies or when this goes wrong? What do I do? I'll tell you what you do. You go to the foundation. I know that no matter what the storm comes, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come to church. I'm going to go to prayer meeting. I'm going to, why? Because I've already decided in my life, it does not matter what the storm is. I've got a foundation. Well, what do I do if I get a diagnosis from the doctor? I'll tell you what you do. You come to church. You go to prayer meeting. You get in your Bible. You win somebody to God. You teach a Bible study. You, you love on people. You forgive people. You have a prayer life. You have a fasting life. What am I saying tonight? It's not as difficult as we make it seem. It's not as complex as we make it seem. Amen. If we can just get to the place where we have foundational living, where we just say, I'm going to live on this foundation. I'm not living in a mobile home. I'm not living in an RV. I'm not living in a double wide. I've made it up in my mind. I'm going to live on a foundation, which means my house doesn't move from this depending on the storm. My life doesn't change depending on how I feel this week. I've just made it up in my mind that come hell or high water, amen, come demonic attack, come a life attack. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to be what I've always been. Oh, somebody give God praise. Hallelujah. The storm is not the determining factor of your life. It is the foundation. And this is where we really, we really break it down. It, it comes down to us making it up in our mind that I am going to settle some things. There are some folks that they are so emotionally charged and emotionally driven that everything in their lives, I'm all about emotion. I think emotion is good in its proper place. I think people without emotion, they're really just, they're just stifling it. They're stifling it. It's there somewhere. They just don't want to bring it out. Uh, so I think if you put it in its proper place, I mean, it's like putting gas in the gas tank. It's a good thing. Just don't put it uh, in the oil. Amen. You've got to put emotions in the right place. But there's some folks that, that everything they are and everything they do just changes by the week and changes by the day on how they feel. I want to tell you the greatest way you can live is the way Jesus said. You build your life on the foundation of what he taught. I think that we, we get so enamored by the extremes. Because they're exciting. You know, but there's something to be said for that stable, consistent individual. We should celebrate. Let me say this. We should celebrate the, sta the stability and the consistency. I want to thank God for every saint of God that you are stable, that you are consistent, 
Amen. It's, it's not, well, I didn't slay a giant this week, Pastor. Praise God. But you're stable and you're consistent. <laughs> There's some folks I have to worry by the minute whether or not they're going to live for God. I have to worry by the week whether or not they're going to get offended. Hallelujah. I know this is just too real. There's some folks I just don't even need to worry about. It. I just know where they're going to be. Amen. I want to tell you, there's not enough appreciation being given for those that have just found it upon the rock. Hallelujah. They just settled some things, just made it up in their mind. There's some folks that you just know. I'm just, they're just going to be here. Praise God. They're going to be worshiping God. They're just going to be doing it. I want to tell you, there's, there, that's a great life. That's a powerful life. Hallelujah. That's a life that's going to impact other lives. That's a life that's going to not only make it to heaven, but make sure somebody else makes it to heaven. That's a life that you will respect and you will look towards in times when you're struggling. You'll see the storms of life hitting their life, and you'll see their hands go up and praise the Lord. You'll see them get blessed, and they don't walk out on God. They'll lift their hands and praise the Lord. Why? They're consistent, and they're stable. Why? Because their life is founded upon the rock. If we're not careful, we will, get, we will get like the man in this text who thought it only mattered what his house looked like, what other people thought about his house. Listen, I hope people like me. Pretty likable guy. Amen. My wife seems to think so. Praise God. Maybe she might be the only one. I don't know. But, you know, but I, I'm not really concerned with what you think about me. Because I, 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 am, I am in the sense that I don't want to be rude to people. I don't want to purposely offend anybody. But. I'm not really concerned about that because you're not going to be the one at the end that says, well done, that good and faithful servant. You know, it's, at the end of the day, it's, you're not the building inspector. Jesus is the building inspector. And Jesus is going to come by, and he's going to allow the storm to come by, and he's going to find out. So I'm not really concerned about that. I'm concerned about whether or not I am building this properly. So there, there's some people, they're so concerned about, and I've talked about this recently because I've been feeling the Holy Ghost. They're so concerned about the optics and what it looks like. If we're not careful, we'll build upside-down houses. Somebody asked the question, how they build the pyramids? And somebody said, well, from the bottom up. You'll get that in a little while. Praise God. But if we're not careful, we'll start trying to build the pyramids from the top down. We'll make sure that we got a roof and walls before we got a foundation. We'll make sure we got drywall and paint before we even have a frame. We'll make sure we got decorations before we got function. We'll make sure we got ministry before consecration, exaltation and notoriety before humility. We'll make sure we got revival before sacrifice. What are we doing? We're building a house upside down. We're trying to make sure that all the things people can see are important. I want to tell you what the Holy Ghost has been speaking to me about for the last five years. It's been build the things that are foundational. Build the things that are foundational. Listen, the optics may not be as nice. They may not be as shiny. Uh, you may not have all the decorations on the wall, but at least you got a frame for that wall. Amen. I've, I've, been, I've been to churches that had really nice drywall, but no pillars. Man, everybody had a title. Everybody had a position. Everybody, amen, optically looked like the church had it all together. But when you put a little bit of weight on them, it completely crumbled because there was no, there was no frame in the wall. Amen. I, I've even dealt with people. I've pastored people like this. I have worked with people like this that were all good until you put a little bit of weight on them and they completely crumbled and it lets you know there was no frame. They had the outward appearance, but not. They had the house built nice, but no foundation. They made sure everybody in the neighborhood saw their lawn, but don't look in their basement because there's not one there. Don't look at my prayer life because I don't have one. 
Don't check my Bible because it ain't got any notes in it. Amen. We got to be careful. Amen. Church, I want to tell you, this is what Jesus was. This is, he had three and a half years of ministry, and he took time to talk about this. And who was he talking to? Religious people. Because religious people are really good, very good. Hey, listen, I'm a religious folk. I'm real good at this. Amen. We're really good at putting on a good face. You know, you're yelling at the spouse, praise God on the way in, and then you say, praise the Lord, Pastor. How's it going? It's great. Amen. The dog's not biting anybody today. We are really good at that. And we're really good at that. But we need to get beyond that where we say, you know what? It doesn't matter about that right now. We're going to focus on foundational things. And we're going to get that right. If we get the foundation right, we'll get the rest of the house right. Let me say this. It's not wrong to have those things. Nobody wants to live in a house that's nothing more than a foundation. Amen. Well, Pastor, I got a really good foundation. Where's your walls at? Amen. Praise God. Where's your bedrooms at? Let's get some more to this. Amen. Well, I got a good foundation. Okay, great. Let's start building the rest of the house. It's not wrong to have those things. You need a roof over your house. It's just wrong to do them out of order. It's wrong to get one and not to get the other. Would anybody in this house, anybody in this building, buy a house without a foundation? What's the first thing they check when you go to buy a house? They check the foundation. Because it don't matter how nice. Man, well, they have really nice pantry. Man, they got nice cabinets. Man, the paint is so nice. You know, there's a reason. We got Brother Worley in here. He helps do flips. You know, you should take some before and after pictures, bro. Just let people know what it really looks like. And then send that to the owner. Because they think and they're getting this beautiful, oh, man, brand new, custom built. They don't know what the wood behind the wall looks like. They don't know the black mold is actually hiding there. Amen. I, I hope not. But, uh, but there's some people that they, they get into the optics and they look at that and they go, man, this is great. Uh, but what they do is they go in and they look at the foundation and they go, hmm, you'll be fine this year. And you'll be fine next year. But mm, in about a decade, that, you know, you see how that beam's starting to lean and that's what's holding the entire roof up? Amen. In fact, banks, we, at banks, we, won't not, we will not lend to people that have a house that has a broken foundation. If you want to buy the house, you're going to have to fix the foundation. In fact, even after you fix the foundation, they won't lend on it because they know it's like, it's like a car that's already been wrecked into. Amen. It's on a rebuilt title. They're not going to mess with that because you got the foundation wrong. It doesn't matter how beautiful the cabinets are, how nice the paint is. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter how the optics look to everybody else. It doesn't matter what it looks like on Zillow and Realtor.com. It doesn't matter about all that stuff. If the foundation is broken, amen, it doesn't matter. The rest of the house is going to eventually come down. And when you buy a house, you're trying to buy, build something that will outlive you and outlast you. And hopefully, amen, hopefully by the time you're done with it, somebody else can come and live in it. And they can live in it and they can die in it. And it can keep pro 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 progressing and moving forward. But if we get into the place where we're all concerned with the way it looks and if everybody thinks I'm okay and everybody thinks it's all right, we miss out on the foundation or we have a, we have a crumbly foundation or a sand foundation. Nobody would buy a house. Amen. Nobody would live in a house if I I told you that this, the foundation's collapsing and breaking, you'd be scared if I told you right now that this building's foundation was crumbling. You ever heard recently, there have been a lot of this, especially in Mexico, a bunch of sinkholes. And over on the California coast, there's been a lot of homes uh, that, that because they built it right on the cliffs, there's been a lot of erosion, and you see entire halves of the homes coming out. You know, a couple years ago, you'd have been wishing for that as your dream home. 
But nobody wants to live there now as a condemned building. If we're not careful, we'll become condemned Christians. Because we built upon the wrong foundation. We were, we were just saying, as long as I can get it up, amen, we build it real fast, we build it real quick. As long as everybody thinks I'm all right, then I'm all right. But I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, we've got to dig down deep until we get to the rocks. Amen. I've got to hurry for this tonight. The Bible says this, for the one that did not build upon the foundation, the one, and this is what it really comes down to, one was willing to go deeper. One was saying, this is good enough. Nobody, that person was probably selling the house. Amen. There's a difference between the two homeowners. One was building it for his family, and the other one was probably building it for somebody else's family. Because you don't, you don't build a house that you think is going to collapse for your family. And yet there are people that will do the same thing for their lives. They'll build a house they know is going to collapse. They'll build habits they know are going to bring them down. They'll, they'll do things they know are going to take their family further down. Amen. The Bible says that that house that was not built upon the rock was built on the sand. The Bible says great was the fall of it. One of the saddest parts of the Bible. They lost everything. Think about it. They spent all the time. They probably got done a little faster, had time to go to the beach. Amen. They were already on it. Amen. They were there. They got in the water. Praise God. They, they lost everything. They lost the house they put the time and effort into. Let me say this. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. And there's some people that they're, they, they take better care of their home than they take care of their walk with God. They take better care of their earthly possessions than they take care of their own walk with God. I want to tell you, your eternity is worth way more than that. Amen. Your house could burn down. Your car could break. Everything could fall. But it would, it would not compare to you losing out in eternity. Well, I thought, and that's really the verse before that. Well, we didn't we do all this in your name? Didn't we? Didn't we? Didn't we? He said, I never knew you. He said, in other words, the building inspector was never invited over. Because if he'd have been invited over, he'd have saw that you were building on the wrong foundation. They lost everything. They lost the, the pictures. They lost the dog. They lost the life they built. And when we talk about houses, we're not just talking about uh, buildings. Presumably, they lost, they lost the kids. I've seen people raising families. And they raise their kids halfway in church, halfway out of church. Well, the pastor, that doesn't really matter. You don't really have to follow that. You know, you know I, he's just being a little extreme. I've seen it happen. I've been around the block a few times. I've seen this happen multiple times. I've seen a parent as a youth pastor tell the kid that came up to me and said, I feel convicted about this. And I said, praise God. Go to the pastor. I talked to the pastor. He said, Matt, pastor, I'm feeling convicted about this. And then he takes his dad, brings his dad forward. His dad says, uh, no, we're not going to do that. He's convicted over uh, missing church for sports. His dad said, you're going to finish that sport. That kid is not in church today. That whole house crumbled, and everybody in that house, and great was the fall of it. I want to say this, and I'm, I'm just about done right now. Beware of shortcuts. Beware of shortcuts. Shortcuts are not always good. In fact, I think, I think living life, we shouldn't take shortcuts. Amen. In fact, in jobs, I don't think we should take shortcuts. I think we ought to do everything right and to the best of our ability. I think that's a Christian ethic. Beware of appearances that make you look like you're successful. When you know, if you go down to your basement right now, there's no foundation. You know, ministries, we, we always see this happen, and they always publicize it. Ministries that get real great and real high. And, you know, I, I know of one, I actually know a man that used to be apostolic. He built what was presumably, he called it, the, one, of the, one news media said it was the fastest growing church in America. He left the apostolic church. He built this big church. And he got all the way done. He's got, you know, just thousands and thousands of people. 
and then he cheats on his wife. How many times do we see that? That happens over and over and over again. And we have to ask ourselves a question. They always want to say, well, the preacher's the problem. Like, it's just all preachers are, are problematic. But I know a lot more preachers that have not cheated on their wives than those that have. I know a lot more good men than I know bad men. And, uh, but, but what is it? They were, he was just more concerned about the way it looked, the way it appeared. And as long as everybody thought he was successful. So he built this big thing to make it look like he was successful. And he actually got high on his own success to the point where now he didn't even need the things that were foundational in his life. Amen. I want to tell you, there's some people that they love God, but they have a poor foundation. And God has sent me to talk to us tonight about getting a shovel in our hand and digging down. This is not easy work. This is the hardest work of your life. In fact, the foundation will be the longest part of the process. You know, the guy that's digging out a foundation before excavators, he was down in the ditch. He was down as far down as, as he had to go to get to the rock, amen, so that he could get it. And there's this other guy up there. He's already up on a ladder. He's building. Some people want to go higher, amen, but God's not calling people to go higher. He's calling people to go deeper. And when you go deeper, it's like a seed. It's planted, but it has to go down before it goes up. It's like salvation. you got to die before there's a resurrection, amen. you got to be buried with him in baptism. This is over and over and over again. We've got to make sure we go down. But so many people don't like that because it's the hidden part. Well, I don't really want to spend so much time on that because nobody's going to see it anyways. Let me just talk about this for just five seconds. Nobody's going to see it anyways. If you live a Christian existence, well, they're not going to know. How are they going to know? <laughs> they're not going to know. <laughs> no one's going to know. Listen, God knows. God knows. The pastor don't know. This brother on the church pew don't know. But you know. And God knows. And your spouse probably knows. And the kids probably know. Amen. I, I, I've seen a lot of people live for God through every storm. Amen. And they, their family wasn't perfect. Their family wasn't, wasn't always great. But I've seen the whole family live for God. And then I've seen some people, you thought they had it all together. But when you talk to the kids at Backslid a few years later, they're like, yeah, mom and dad were hypocrites. Mom and, dad, mom and dad didn't really live it. What they're really saying is mom and dad didn't really have a foundation. They made it seem like they did. And that great was the fall of it. Amen. Don't take any shortcuts. Don't say it's good enough. Don't say, well, well, nobody's going to know. I want to tell you, you're going to know. And it should strike something in us that says, I know. And God knows. I'm not worried about, amen, I love my pastor, but I'm not worried about if he thinks I'm doing a good job here in Carson City or not. Because I know. And God knows. And I'm not worried about what other people think on Instagram because I know and God knows. And that's what really matters. And, it, and God wants to know, do you have a shovel in your hand? Are you getting down in the dirt? Are you up on a ladder where everybody can see you? Let's stand all across the building and let's clap our hands unto the Lord. We need a foundation, church. We need a foundation, and it's going to take shovel work. It's going to be off the ladder and into the dirt. Off the ladder, off the optics. Nobody sees it, and you're down there in the ditch. Oh, let's pray. Let's lift up our hands all across this building. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray all across this house in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on. Lift up your voice. We need foundations. We need a shovel in our hand, not a ladder. We need a shovel. We, need, we don't need more. We don't need drywall just yet. We're doing foundational stuff. We'll get to that stuff later. We'll get to the nice, pretty stuff everybody else can see. But we're going to work on the stuff nobody else can see.
Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Foundations matter. Foundations matter. Come on, foundations matter. How deep are you? Are you just building as quick as you can, as shallow as you can, because you just want to hurry up and get it done? Or are you building as deep down as you can that says, I want this to last through eternity? Hallelujah. Let me talk to somebody here tonight that says, well, pastor, I built on the wrong foundation before. Let me just say this. Storms come more than once. And if your house collapsed on the first storm, go back to the blueprint and figure out where you missed it. Failure is one of, mistakes and failure are one of the greatest learning opportunities. Somebody said, I, I succeeded because I failed so much. But it's all about how you learn from your failures. Storms come more than once. You may need to rebuild. That happens. But every time you rebuild, you need to go back and find out where my foundation is at. And if your foundation is not in the blueprint, you need to change your blueprint. Change your input and you'll get a better output. I've seen people pray through over and over again for God to rebuild their life. And I want to help you tonight. God will help you to rebuild. God will help you to rebuild. But instead of coming to the altar every time the storm comes to pray through so God will help restore and rebuild. God's in the restoration process. Don't misunderstand me. God will help you. God will, God will pick up the broken pieces and help you rebuild. But instead, tonight's, tonight if you need rebuilding, God will help you rebuild. But I, I want to really push for an altar call that's going to come at another time. Amen. This might be your future altar call. Instead of praying for God to rebuild, what would happen if we came to the altar and said, Lord, I'm going to pray through right now that you help me build this one right. Instead of praying through every time I backslide, I'm going to pray till I get a foundation deep enough that I don't backslide again. Instead of praying through for restoration, I'm going to pray through where I don't fall in that area again. Instead of praying for God to forgive me, I'm going to pray for strength where I won't even need the forgiveness over that anymore. I'm going to pray that God would help me do it right the first time. And I'm not talking about the only time that you've ever done it. I'm talking about right now, this is your first time. If you repented, it's your first time. Amen. And I'm going to dig down. And I'm going to build on a foundation. What does that foundation look like? I'm getting down in his word. I'm getting in a prayer meeting. I'm getting down on the altar. And I'm saying, Lord, there's areas of my life nobody else can see. And right now I want to just say, it's deep enough. Nobody will ever know. I know that the blueprint says the foundation needs to go down all the way to being merciful but right now I kind of feel like being vindictive and nobody will even know. I know the blueprint says I've got I've to enter my closet and pray and shut the door and cry out and pray to my father, which is in secret. But, you know, I, I, I just don't feel like praying when nobody's watching. So I only pray when people see me. Nobody will ever know. My foundation is just a couple feet short of the rock. Nobody will ever know. Lord, I pray that spirit out of here. And I'm not talking about 
devil spirit. I'm talking about human spirit. God, if there's an area of my life where I have built upon anything less than this doctrine, anything less than this word, anything less than this sermon, God. I pray, Lord, help me to get my shovel in my hand. Uh, amen. God, because I don't want this house collapsing on my marriage. I don't want this house collapsing on my family. I don't want this house collapsing on my kids. I don't want this house collapsing on my church. I don't want this house collapsing on my ministry. I want to open up this altar. Can we come and pray and say, God, show me the blueprint, and God, show me a mirror right where I am Lord, the areas of my life where I need to get back on the foundation. Back on the foundation. Come on, God's going to help us today to get on the foundation. Come on, there's a place beyond your struggle, but it's on the foundation. It's digging deeper. Come on, let's pray all across this building. My marriage, amen, i got to put it on the solid foundation. i, I got to put it on the solid foundation. i got to put my kids on the solid foundation. i got to put my ministry on a solid foundation. i got to put the church on a solid foundation. Nobody else will see it. Nobody else will know. But I'm living it. I'm believing it. I'm doing it. That's my foundation. Come on, nobody saw you give, nobody saw you pray, nobody saw you fast, nobody saw you forgive, nobody saw you judge not. But I want to tell you, if you're doing it, you're doing it right. Come on, get your life back on Jesus. Come on, if there's not a lot of fanfare, there's not a lot of applause in the foundation work. But I want to tell you, your, your house will not fall.
your church, build your church, build it from the ground up. It's your church, build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up.
sense it. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. You ought to declare it. I'm not falling. That's not pride. That's not an arrogant, haughty spirit. I'm not falling. Because if you build on the rock, you shall not fall. You will not fall. Just saying, I'm not falling. Devil, I'm not falling for that again. Flesh, I'm not falling for that again. I'm getting this area of my life under discipline and under dominion of his word. Hallelujah. If you're praying, I want you to keep praying. The Bible says the one that was founded upon a rock, it fell not. Everybody say it didn't fall. The book of Jude says this, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Book of 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 10, he gives a whole list of things that are supposed to accompany when you receive the Holy Ghost, things that you are to add to your faith. And he says this, that if you, wherefore the rather brethren giving all diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do, everybody say do. If you do these things, you shall never fall. Proverbs says a haughty spirit comes before destruction, or before a fall of pride comes before destruction. Uh, and, and, and so when we look at that scripture, we often think, well, I, I just better not be prideful. It's not about being proud. It's not about being arrogant. It's about being certain. If you're, if you're concerned about falling, it means you're concerned about your foundation. We shouldn't be worried. Well, I just, I'm worried I might fall into adultery. Nobody falls into adultery. They walk into it. Hallelujah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm afraid I might fall into backsliding. No, no, no. You have a shaky foundation because you're on the sand. And every time the little earth starts to quake around you and every time the rain starts to descend, you feel it. And you're a little shaky. What's that telling? It's an indicator that you've got to get back to doing what God has said. Hallelujah. And dig down because when you're founded upon the rock, he said it didn't fall. Hallelujah. We always pray for God to restore people when they fall, and God will. God will always do it. A righteous man falls sometimes, but he gets up eight, gets up nine, gets up ten. Praise God. But you know, that righteous man, it's not required of him to fall. There's nowhere in the Bible that says you have to fall. You don't have to fall. I, for me to really get better, I gotta fall, I've got to fall. No, Peter put it this way. If you add these things to your faith, if you start adding, doing the adding of these things to your faith, digging down to the foundation, he said you'll never fall. You'll never fall. How many would love to live a life where you never fall? I'm not saying, listen, we know people fall. We've already talked about God redeems people that fall. God will help you rebuild your house on a foundation, but... There, let me just put it this way. Now, don't raise your hands because I don't want to incriminate anybody. But you know what? There's some folks that, and I'm just going to be very open for some folks. There are some folks in the building, you are struggling with pornography. And you are saying, well, God, forgive me for falling. I want to tell you, God delivered me of that a long time ago. And I'm not falling to it. Because you can get beyond that. Is that too real for some folks? Because I got to a place where I realized that I had foundational problems. And that foundation 
was the foundation my parents laid. And they told me that this is all right. And I realized that was a shaky foundation. So I went back and I grabbed my shovel and the word of God. And I started digging down deeper, digging down deeper, digging down deeper, digging down deeper. And I started adding to my faith, and I started getting back in the Word and start saying, all right, Lord, add this, add this, add this, add temperance, add patience, add self-control. Oh, man, let me tell you, a life free of falling, man. Praise God. And there's some folks right now, I keep falling into gossip. How many love to just get rid of that nasty spirit of gossip? That's called mouth murder right there. You're tearing your brother down. Man, I love to get rid of that. Okay you got to look at the foundation say, there's an area of the foundation that's broken. I need to go deeper. This year, we're forward where? Into the deep. Got to go deeper, folks. We got to go deeper. Every time you fall, fall forward. Amen. Fall forward. When you fall, you make it up in your mind. Say, all right, Lord, why did I fall? See, so many people, they just say, God, forgive me for falling, but they don't ask God the question. Why did I fall? God, why did I fall? Because there's an area of your life that's not submitted to Christ. There's an area of your life where you're not in the Word. I want to tell you, the Word of God is more than just a book, folks. This is foundational living. This right here, you can build your entire life on this book. You could never get a degree. Never get a Ph.D., never read another book in the world. You get this book in your life. I promise you, you're going to be on the foundation. Praise God. You get this book in your heart. David put it this way. Thy word have I hid in heart that I might not sin against you, that I might not fall. Get that word. Get that word. Get that foundation. That's what the shovel looks like in the spirit. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray all across this building. Come on. We're going to worship for just a minute longer, but somebody lift up your voice and magnify him. Come on, what area of my life have I not submitted to you, Lord? I know if I repent, you'll forgive me, but God, I'd love to get to the place where I don't have to repent over this anymore. I'd love to get to the place where I'm built on such a foundation that the storm and the test and the trial and the temptation no longer got to me. I want to get to the place where I'm not falling in this area, where I'm not backsliding in this area. I'm not walking up. I want to get firm foundation in my life. Somebody lift up your voice and magnify it. Somebody dig deep right now. Somebody dig deep. Dig deep. Dig deep. He'll never let me down. I put my faith in Jesus. My anchor to the ground. My hope and firm foundation. He'll never let me down. I put my faith in Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Lift up your hands all across this building one more time. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. Your word is our foundation. Not our opinions, not our feelings, not our emotions, none of that stuff, God. Not the philosophy of man, not the rudiments of this world, but Jesus Christ. Your word, God. Hallelujah, Lord. And we give you great praise. Thank you for that foundation. Pray for every individual. If there's an area of their life that is not upon that foundation, I pray God help put a shovel in our hands so we can dig down deeper to get it on that foundation. We give you all praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise all across this building. Hallelujah. If you want to keep praying, you're welcome to keep praying. If not, shake hands, be friendly, love one another. We're going to have a powerful time in the Holy Ghost this week. From clean into worship, praise God.